Hey guys, welcome back to WTF Are We Doing? Adulting on Your Own Terms. We are so excited that we're now officially on iTunes. So if you like us, if you have friends and family who you think would benefit from this podcast, please, please, please subscribe, download, share. Everything is, we appreciate all of it and we appreciate your support and we're so excited to keep going with everything. So yeah, so today is episode five and this is actually our first episode where we're interviewing someone who is certainly adulting on her own terms and we're really excited to introduce you to her. So this is my friend Alexa Score. She is a pro wakeboarder, cancer survivor, uh, motivational speaker, amongst many other things. I actually met her on a flight to LA about two years ago and we'll kind of go over that story. Um, and she's just gonna tell you a little bit more about her life and how she's killing it and hopefully can give you all some, some inspiration to live your best lives as well. Yeah, so welcome, Alexa. Sweet. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So stoked and honored to be your first guest. This is great. Yeah, we're so excited. Um, okay, so I tell us a little bit more about yourself that I didn't already say. You know, I just said a few, a few things. <laughs> sure. So like you mentioned, I mean, right now I am definitely adulting in my own terms, um, but I am wearing a lot of different hats in order to do so, and those include um, being a professional wakeboarder, I do motivational speaking, I just finished my first book, which I'm looking to publish um, this winter slash spring, and um, yeah, I just do a number of things to make ends meet, but uh, definitely love being creative and love the freedom that that allows as well. Yeah. And how did you, what was the first sort of turning point for you where you decided you kind of wanted to do, to go the untraditional path or, you know, kind of speak about that a little bit? Sure. It's, it's funny you ask that because I kind of had two different transitions. Um, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with leukemia and I was living in a small town in Minnesota. Before that, I had always kind of gone against the grain, especially for a small town traditional upbringing like I had. I was kind of a rebel, if you will. So even before I was diagnosed with leukemia, I had decided I was going to be a professional wakeboarder, and that is what I wanted to pursue. Well, that was obviously a crazy, crazy outlandish dream in Minnesota. Um, but after I ended up, uh, I, I ended up getting very sick, very ill from leukemia, but uh, made a bit of a comeback. And after I started feeling better, I graduate high school early and pursued wakeboarding. Um, so I guess you could say that was kind of the first uh, step for me. But to be really honest, even throughout that entire period, I always knew, okay, I'm going to go to college and get a degree because that's what people do. And wakeboarding is not going to last forever. I'm going to have to get a real job someday. So really, although people are like, whoa, you moved to Florida when you were 17 by yourself and you became a professional wakeboarder, I still felt bound Mm-hmm. by my culture or by the pressures of, of the way I was brought up. Um, so it wasn't really until after I'd gotten a degree in finance and had settled for like a Which real so estate crazy job and back. kind of was doing normal stuff that I really was like, you know what, this is not what I'm passionate about and this isn't the way it has to be. Um, and it took a lot of self-exploration and self-discovery and challenge uh, to get to that point and get to that mindset, but I'm glad I did. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, and tell us more about kind of 
your real estate career and your crazy trip to where was it Tennessee or yeah Tennessee mm-hmm. yeah so I after graduating college I was still wakeboarding on the pro tour um, there's not a whole lot of money in women's wakeboarding so I decided all right I gotta get a real job I, I'm not so busy so got a job in commercial real estate which was great and um, you know wasn't terrible by any means but I just felt something inside of me needing to come out like bursting, exploding, and I realized that it was a book, and I was not a writer. I'd never been considered myself a writer, but I decided, okay, I've got to write a book, and the only way for me to really uh, allow myself to do that was in seclusion. I knew I wasn't going to get it done in Orlando, um, just too many distractions, so I didn't tell anyone except for my roommates, um, and I took a hiatus from my job and drove to Tennessee. I'd rented this place in the side of a hill from a guy in Craigslist. Really not not safe by any means in hindsight. <laughs> um, but I ended up staying in this little cottage in the hills of Tennessee for six weeks by myself and um, wrote and had so much time to think. I think you know, a big part of why people are so at the loss is they don't spend enough time alone. And reflecting, we're always looking at social media, or we're always watching TV, or talking to people, or around people constantly. Um, we never have time just to look inward, and so that was a, a really great for me to be alone in Tennessee, not only to write but to really think about, okay, what is this all about, this life thing, and where am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to go? And I, you know, realized out there, there's no right or wrong way to do life. You're not going to die if you don't have a nine-to-five job. You're not going to, you know, uh, cease to exist if you don't have health insurance or a retirement plan. Yeah. Um, while those things are all very responsible and necessary, it's you can, you know, manage to do those things in ways other than a nine-to-five job. So it was really that trip in Tennessee that this realization occurred. Okay, I, it's okay if I don't live the life that my culture told me I had to live or my upbringing, my traditional upbringing told me I had to live. I'm not a bad person and I'm not being, you know, irresponsible for doing that. I'm following a dream. Yeah. And that was really the place where that realization occurred for me. And it's, it's so awesome. So Alexa actually came to New York about two weeks ago. I had met her for four hours in that plane to LA two years ago. <laughs> hadn't, hadn't really spoken since. And I was just like, yeah, like, come. And we had the most amazing time. And that was really the first time I got to hear her story in depth and updated. And I was like, oh, my God, she is perfect for the podcast. She's amazing. And we were out to lunch at this really good Ethiopian restaurant. And I don't know if it was there. We were walking. And we were talking about just, you know, we don't have that much money. But we're so happy for the most part. And she said something. What did you say? You were like, I am broke but I feel rich. Is that what you said? I feel so rich. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I make ends meet. I've got a lot of medical bills and expenses that I, you know, am responsible for. So I do take pride in being independent. But, I mean, I don't make a lot of extra money, that's for sure. But I feel so rich. And, you know, Carly, you had mentioned, too, we have so many friends who make a lot of money. And uh, I don't think they have that same fulfillment. Yeah. And I, I really, I feel very fortunate to have been able to, you know, get to the where I am right now, get to the mindset that I am right now, because it's really a mindset, not a paycheck that is your fulfillment and your 
enrichment in your life. Hell yeah. So (laughs) this is my first time, Lily, my first time hearing your story. And it's really cool because I, Carly prefaced, you know, this podcast episode with like a bit about you. And she had talked just because Carly and I are such good friends. She had told me a lot about you before and I was really excited to talk to you. But I think one thing that stuck out that you just said was you are going to survive if you're not in a nine to five and it's not the end of the world if you don't have health insurance. And sometimes you do that brought up the idea that sometimes you do have to take those risks and kind of make sacrifices to get what you want. And for you, it seems like what you really wanted and needed at that moment was to express yourself in the form of your book. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and also about what your book is actually about and kind of, yeah, that whole thing. Definitely. So the book, honestly, like I said, I never considered myself a writer, but it was this huge distraction in my brain. I didn't know what I, uh, what it was going to become, you know, okay, maybe this is going to become a book, but I knew that something had to come out. I actually um, joked about it being kind of like an exorcism, like this book (laughs) needs to come out of me. It's just distracting my entire life. Um, So when I got to Tennessee, I actually just started writing and it wasn't, about anything in particular, just about experiences and about different things. And people had always told me in the past, um, you need to write a book about your leukemia diagnosis and the story surrounding it because it really is unique and uplifting, just the six months surrounding my leukemia diagnosis. And um, I'm pretty stubborn, so I was always like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to write what everyone wants me to write. Um, But it was funny once I started writing, um, sometimes I, you know, hit writer's block, which is fine and natural. And during that writer's block period, I started writing about my leukemia diagnosis. And as time went on, I found myself writing that story more than the other stuff. And through writing it, started experiencing it for the first time. Um, kind of realized that when I was going through my diagnosis in my darkest times, I kind of had blinders on um, and certainly wasn't exposed to the emotions of the people around me. So as I began writing, um, I started interviewing my friends and family about their experience when I was sick. And I'd never heard it. I'd never known how they felt or um, the emotions that they were experiencing. So in writing this book, I kind of got to relive my entire journey over, but more... Um, with a, a overview and having um, knowing what everyone else was experiencing at the same time versus me just trying to get through a dark period of time. So the book, the book that I finished is actually the story of my leukemia diagnosis and the six months surrounding that. Um, and I'm really proud of it and really excited. And you should be. Um, I'm so yeah, way more proud of the story now than I was before. Um, although people have always said, you know, it's, incredible and whatnot but I have so much more respect for the story now after reliving it that second time yeah um, I'm so excited to read it and of course when it is ready we will be promoting that as well because everybody <laughs> needs to read that yeah. story and do you did you start your motivational speaking before or after you kind of had this idea for your book or did it kind of just come about after you started writing and realized that you had this presence that other people could relate to and really feel motivated by Sure. So about five years ago, I should probably preface this. Um, tomorrow actually is my 11 year cancerversary. So uh, 11 years of living with cancer. Um, so obviously this took place quite a while ago for five years after diagnosis, 
Um, I was still living with cancer, still being treated for cancer, but people around me didn't know. I never talked about it. I never told anyone about my leukemia um, until I was approached by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to um, do some fundraisers for them. So I started getting really involved with Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. They um, obviously support and help patients and families and became very passionate about that. So I started speaking at their events, Um, got a lot of experience under my belt. And then about three years ago, I was approached by my friend Mike Smith. He's a very, very, very well-known speaker in the high school space. He has a couple TV shows that stream in about 20,000 high schools across the country. But he approached me and said, hey, I think you'd be great at doing this. I think kids can really benefit from hearing your story. So from my relationship with Mike, I've now started speaking in high schools as well, um, in addition to still doing a lot of this charity work. So it started by people asking me, hey, will you come speak? Did a couple small community things at home. Hey, will you come speak, of course. And now it's kind of grown into this bigger thing, and I've really honed my message and found out what parts of my story can help others most. Um, And so I can focus on those when I'm speaking. So it was, it kind of evolved on its own, but now with, once the book is published, obviously that will just be another tool to get my message across. Yeah. And do you want to also talk about kind of some of the other opportunities that you found or that you're looking to find and that kind of workflow and process for other people who are kind of trying to figure out some avenues and ways to sustain themselves really and express their messages and stories themselves yeah Yeah. definitely so if I had to describe like what my dream job would be or what I think I'm best at it's being an entertainer and that's in kind of like a hosting manner so it's it's kind of interesting I've been doing tv stuff for the past six years I was on an mtv show was a main character on an mtv show I did TV commercials, I've done movies, um, stuff for Travel Channel, PBS, Sci-Fi, ESPN. So I kind of take whatever opportunities I can get. And because I am a public speaker and and familiar or comfortable being on camera, there's a lot of different opportunities. Now they're not steady or consistent. Um, You kind of have to find them yourself um, and make a lot of connections. But I have definitely just tried to capitalize on every opportunity I can. So whether that's um, hosting a web series that I just did for a new uh, phone app or, um, you know, doing a travel channel TV show or doing commercial or doing a photo shoot for someone, I'm kind of diverse in the different things that I do. But if you want to live this lifestyle, you have to take what's there. Um, You definitely, you know, just need to capitalize on all the opportunities that you have, whether it's ideal or not you'll either way certainly learn from the experience and um, hopefully be able to hone the craft and and channel it into the craft that you want to do, you know, ultimately. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I fucking love your story. I mean, I, (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. I'm so glad that you can share it with everyone. And I am so excited for everyone else to hear it. Me too. Yeah. I want everyone to find that fulfillment. Yeah. Um, but I think another thing that we talked about too, that something that's really, really important to me, um, just in dealing with people and hearing other people's stories is that it's kind of, it's an ongoing battle. Like when I say, oh yeah, you know, I've gave up this traditional background and, and 
I'm still under those pressures. I still feel those pressures every day. Totally. Of yeah. my upbringing and, um, you know, just kind of what society's feeding you, what, you know, you were told by your parents or told by your, um, uh, you know, the other adults in your life growing up. And those, those things aren't wrong because I know everyone in my life was genuinely trying to give me advice. Um, but ultimately, we know what's best for ourselves. But it is important to remember it's an ongoing struggle. Um, and it's okay to struggle. Totally. That's, that's the great thing. That's part of the journey. Um, it's part of the journey. And um, sometimes those struggling mo- moments are the most meaningful of the entire journey. Yeah. Totally. Did you feel that you had people supporting you or people that were had similar goals or were living a similar lifestyle to you when you first started on this whole journey of kind of being on your own terms, so to speak? Not at all. Um, and that's been really tough, to be honest. And because I support um, my friends around me, most of them have nine to five jobs. Obviously, I um, am around a lot of wakeboarders a lot of the time, but they're mostly, you know, just wakeboarding. Um, but then my other close friends, most of them have nine to five jobs, and a, a number of them are happy. Um, I think sometimes people don't know what they're missing. So they kind of convince themselves that they're happy or just settle for what's easy mm-hmm. and what's comfortable. Um, but a struggle for me has been, you know, I'm not around a lot of like-minded people um, where I live in Orlando. I'm not around a lot of people who enjoy writing or enjoy um, those, uh, have creative um, careers. So I think that's really important, you know, to have a network of people around you who support you, who get it. You know, it's hard to be around people who, just don't really get what you're trying to do so they don't have confidence in you or they may you know discourage you from doing something because they literally just don't really understand not out of ill will but just yeah you know yeah. it's not a lifestyle that they really understand so would you but, say it was um, just your kind of that that uh intuition telling you deep down that it didn't matter was that kind of what got you through the lack of support Yes, it was such a um, distraction, my creative energies, that when I was trying to do other work, I couldn't focus. I couldn't, and this is like over a span of years, you know, it's not like, oh, for the next two hours I couldn't focus. It was really a distraction day to day, and I just knew. I mean, it gets to a point where it's overwhelming Um, and just pulling you that way. Another thing, you know, my dad... Um, for my own good, really wants me to have a secure, stable job because that's what he likes. He likes secure and stable, and he has always encouraged me to be responsible for myself and independent, which I have been, and I respect his wishes. But a big thing for me was, you know, he's not going to understand my decisions, but if he can respect me and my decisions, that is um, important to me. And we, you know, finally had a discussion not too long ago, and I just explained my reasoning and, you know, I'm financially independent of him. So he's like, well, you know, if you think it's a good idea, I I trust you. And, um, that was a huge step for me is having, you know, my parents blessing or not their blessing, but just being open with them (laughs) and, um, you know, just letting them know, look, I know the risks that I'm taking, but I'm willing to take them and deal with, uh, the outcome whether that's, you know, me struggling for money or not mm-hmm. being able to, uh, you know, go out to eat. I understand those risks, but uh, they're worth it to me. Yeah, and I guess, like, I feel like a lot of people might be able to relate. I know I definitely do to the idea that 
some people will just never understand your your wishes and the way that you live your life and they they might it you might try to explain it to them and it might never be clear to them but as long as they can accept it and sort of come to an agreement that's kind of where you have to be you have to be okay with that because not everyone thinks it's the right thing to do and you can't really try to convince someone of that of course and that's that's huge I think respect is the biggest thing um I totally get if someone doesn't understand my mindset and I'm very okay with differing opinions on a number of subjects but you have to you don't have to agree but you have to respect other people and I respect other now going through this experience myself has allowed me to accept so many other people and their decisions because before I wouldn't necessarily judge them but I didn't understand and now I know, okay, I don't know everything going on in this situation. So I'm going to assume they're making the best decisions for them that they possibly can. Do I agree with them? No. But I can respect them and hope that they're making the best decision for them. So it's really been, it's come full circle. Um, you know, in wanting that acceptance from other people, I am able to accept others as well. That's so, so important. I mean, like you said, once we get to the point where we know what, what's best for us we know what's best for us and only and only we do yeah and uh-huh. not doing it is scarier than taking the leap and doing it yeah, yeah. exactly it's like you know i'm i don't want to die wondering Hell yeah. <laughs> that's a, a big thing for me and um yeah the, a scarier thought is getting 10 years down the road and saying why didn't i just do this why didn't i just try it <laughs> yeah you know? um that is a terrifying terrifying thought for me Um, One of my favorite quotes is, um, honor thy father, but make your own decisions. Um, Kind (laughs) of that that saying, like, respect their advice and do take, you know, uh, adults and, well, we're adults, but you know what I mean, our, um, when we were younger, adults' advice or now, you know, um, respect everyone's advice because it comes from a good place, but you have to make, ultimately make your own decisions. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Sometimes it can be hard to keep that in your mind just because, you know, you're, if you're surrounded by only people who think, you know, one kind of career is the right decision. Which or the is right the move, overwhelming majority in the societies that we live yeah, in. Yeah, then you yeah. might think, what's wrong with me? Like, have you ever, I'm sure you felt that way before, but it seems like you kind of just pushed through and, and kept on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely doubt yourself, doubt yourself at times, especially when, you know, things aren't going exactly as planned. But I think ultimately, if you're passionate and you feel it deep enough, like I do, uh, doubt will come, but it's never, uh, it never takes over that passion. It never overshines that, you know, that drive and that will to, to follow a creative dream. Yeah. So if you have one last piece of advice for all of our listeners, what would you, what would you say? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Number one, (laughs) don't take yourself or anyone else too seriously. Don't take me too seriously. No one, yourself. Like, honestly, listen to what everyone has to say, but just don't take life too seriously and never drink out of a boring coffee mug. (laughs) (laughs) What's your, what is your coffee mug of the week? Do you have like a collection? What's your current one? Oh yeah, we have a collection. Um, right now it's a, it's from Wisconsin. It's tan. It's got a couple bears on them and they're 3D. Um, that's the, the mug of the day. I'm going to make you send, send us a selfie with the mug and we'll post yeah. it on our page. <laughs> All right. You know,
know, it's funny that you say that because I love having a nice mug to drink out of. It make, can make your whole day. Yeah, actually. Absolutely. It changes it. Like, my dad's, I'm going back to my hometown tomorrow, and I'm so looking forward to using my favorite mug there. So I'm like, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We had a great time talking with Alexa, and I know that I feel super motivated by everything she said and yeah, she's everything she's done in her life. Um, we're definitely going to be interviewing a lot more really, really cool people that we've met amongst our travels and throughout our lives. So definitely, definitely look forward to that. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe. Now that we're on iTunes, we could really use your support. Go ahead and subscribe so that you can get the latest updates on all of our episodes. Please share our podcast on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you Twitter, use. LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah. And- we, we really appreciate any, any of the support that we can get. And also a few of you have reached out to us that you have your own stories or your own passions and strengths that could help our podcast if you want to be interviewed if you want to help out please do reach out um we are like i said we're very open to kind of involving as many people as we can and we want to get your stories told and if you want to learn more which i'm sure you do about alexa um we're going to leave some links um in the description section for you to check out follow her on instagram check out some of the stuff she's done stay up to date on her book thank you guys so much again for listening Again, please go to our website and drop us a line and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Have a good one. Thanks.